You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, here we go. In three, two, one. All right, we do a podcast on this Wednesday, a glorious Wednesday. It's a holiday week, July 4th. Al Duke's not here as we know. Uh, so we will have a couple of guest hosts tomorrow. Will be Mike Flegelman. Today is the man, the myth, the legend, Brian Rascona. What's up, man? Ah, uh, you know, same old, same old. Ninety degree day. Had a nice holiday weekend. Block party on my block. Lit off some fireworks. It was oh, a good you're night. A fireworks guy. Huge. Love it. Oh, it's like my thing. It's like I'm known in the neighborhood. That's like my. It's like what I do. Until it's like you blow your hand off. Of, oh, stop it. You got to be safe. Ugh. Respect the firework. I don't drink. I don't do anything stupid during the day because yeah. I know I have responsibilities. But Are you one of those a-holes on Monday night at 10 no. o'clock that's still shooting them off? No, I'm 20 minutes. I get it all going. Okay. You know, I, it's very synchronized. I got to show you videos of it. It was really good. But, um, yeah, it's very synchronized. I'm only good for about 20, 25 minutes because you know what? You go too long with fireworks, people lose interest. Like yes, anything they're else, boring after it's, a while. Right? It's like anything else. You watch too much of something, it's just like enough already. Except for Seinfeld, at least for me. Over but, and yeah. over and over again. Right, right. I can watch that. Th- and that's probably my issue more than anything. Is that like so Monday night? Like I get that was the actual fourth. I understand that. And if you want, it gets dark around mm, ten to nine now. I five actually to did nine. it Sunday night though. Was the block party? So and Sunday night I had no issue with because okay. I got that it's Sunday. Everyone was off Monday. Makes right. sense. Monday night is the Macy's fireworks in New York City, and I know nine-ish, let's say nine for make it easy. It's dark at nine. That's fine. You want to shoot some fireworks off from nine to 945, go for it. But shooting off these M80s, these things that do nothing but make noise until yeah. 11, 11. Th- I texted my wife. Don't these a-holes work tomorrow? I wholeheartedly agree. I don't Ugh. I don't light off anything that just makes noise either. It's color. It's, you know, it's I, I just all color stuff, and then that's it. And it's a barrage. It's pretty cool. So, I mean, it's something I like to do, and, you know, everybody gives me a standing ovation, and I kind of like it. You know, it makes me feel good. So I And don't 20 know. minutes is fine. And it's once a year. It's once a year, you know? Yeah, well, that's my other you issue. Guys, it's not just once a year. You a lot and of... Sal opened up what? Uh, was it? He f- did, yeah. Fourth of July morning, you guys were complaining about, oh, enough with the fireworks. I go, guys. It was I, the fifth. I, the fifth. I'm sitting there. I'm going. It's one day a year. Suck it yeah. up. Stop the complaining. No, it's, you know, it's, it's every one year. One day a year. It's every. But it's the whole weekend. It is when the it's whole a, weekend. when it's on a weekend. It'll be next year. It'll be interesting. I'll get annoyed. Well, I'm still going to do it. But I'm saying if people were lighting off fireworks, I guess next year on Monday night going into the fourth, mm-hmm. I guess that would be better, right? Because people are still going to have to work on Wednesday. So why For light sure. them off? Yeah. So why light them off on Tuesday night? I think you should still do it Monday night next year. Right. Well, people were doing this. This is the day I'm complaining about. It was okay. not Sunday. I got you. Monday night. You it was Monday night. I got you. Where I know a lot of people. Take Which the makes week it off. now two days in a row, which is annoying. And, All right. I and got by you. me, it all started Friday night. Okay. Friday night. So, but I didn't care Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, because it was off the next day. It's not that big a deal. But I don't need these things going off at 11 o'clock at night. I, but you just hit on it, though. 
Because you just said, oh, it'll be different for me. Why? Because you're going to have to get up the next day. 100%. But that's what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, 100%. These yeah. things, oh, Plus, God. my dog gets all shaky and, and the weird. Animals, and, yes. Yeah. They yeah. do get freaked out. My, but, my kids sleep right through it, though. So I'm happy about that. Which is fine. Yeah. My kids, too. Yeah. Not that big. I've also had times where I guess last year we were away for the fourth. I think it was last year. And my brother sent me a photograph of the front lawn in the backyard. And there were like fireworks residue and debris, debris. everywhere yeah. he's like i think they were shooting them over like your house like oh fantastic as long as it didn't hit anything which we got lucky now we have a lot of cops in the area and firemen so i don't feel terrible about it but i tend on. to think i'm very responsible about it. next day i was sweeping the street and getting picking everything up with garbage cans and no, doing then all i could that. take so that. i was doing all that that would be fine so, uh, all right so one thing that came up we, you and i were talking off the air which i find fascinating is your career outside of your career right it's which, not my career that I want. I'll tell you that. No, right but now. <laughs> but you work for yourself. Correct. Which I Correct. love. I love everything about that. Um, but part of what you do is you have a bread route that yes. you own, mm-hmm. and you get to deal with. No, I shouldn't say you deal with, but you see a lot of public behavior. Yes. Yes. Talk to me. Okay. So I love this. It's funny that you mentioned this because something just happened like a week ago in the supermarket. A guy asks where the gourmet, not the gourmet, but S-U? the whole you asks one of the um, meat farms employees. Okay. And as I'm stocking the shelf with the bread, whatever, ask one of the meat farm employees where the fresh bagels are. So you know how the stores have their own sure. fresh bagels. So he walked right by the glass. And she, and I know her very well because I see her every day. I'm in the store every day. She answers him really nice and says, oh, that you just walked right by them. They're over there in the, in the glass case. He turns around and got so pissed off at her. He turns around and goes, I'm sorry I asked the question then. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm telling you, they're in the, gla- in the glass right there. And he's just one of these miserable curmudgeons that walks around the grocery store. And I guess, you know, but this goes back to what originated from what the conversation was. And you were saying that everybody seems like they don't want to do anything, right, no. in life. They don't want to leave. They don't want to. We were talking about going to weddings, and we were talking about multiple weddings that sometimes we don't want to go to. Sure. And I, my thought process is, and this is me being in the grocery stores, which is what led to this is I think people are just beaten down right now. I think if you watch the news, you watch you, you can't get away from the negativity and and the um I guess I guess the negativity and just the every time you turn on the TV now, you have to be afraid of something. Whether it's monkeypox or covid or you're afraid that we're going to be in a recession or you're afraid or, war. or abortion or whatever it is or the gas prices or the fact that we have, and listen, going back to the bread route, I have issues with supply chains. I was telling you. Sure. I have supply chain issues. So I own my own route. I make less money when I can't put the product on the shelves. So over 4th of July weekend, I was short buns. Costco's one of my biggest stores. My rack was empty come Sunday night, Oof. like early Sunday for buns. Now I'm making less money. Then you sprinkle in gas. You sprinkle in this, that, and the other thing. And I think people are genuinely just angry and frustrated about the world as it is right now, or at least our country. And I think that plays a huge part into the people that go shop in the grocery stores because that's a general public that you see on a day-to-day basis. They're in the grocery stores. They're trying to buy food, not to mention it's going up like crazy. So I think people are just genuinely angry. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. that's why I love that, that Duke female women's coach, the women's basketball coach. I thought it was awesome when she was talking about how – Life's hard. Yeah, it's, absolutely. Yeah. It's not getting easy. No, it's, no, at, it's, at any it's point. not. There's one point in it where we didn't get to it. I think the clip was the clip was two and a half minutes or something. We played about 30, 40 seconds. 
at one point she goes in and she goes, why don't you ask your parents if life was easy for them? Like you think just because you get older, it gets easier. And they're, you know, I don't know, again, if she was talking to coaches or her team, I'm not sure. But everything's difficult. And I do agree that maybe now beaten down after what we went through for sure. But I don't necessarily know that it's ever been easy, even if you go back 20 years. I will, I will say this to rebut that. In my life, yeah. I lost both my parents. You know this by the time I was 18, right? In my life, I have never, ever had a problem making a living until pretty much the last year of my life. I'm having issues and right And yet now. jobs are plentiful, though. Their jobs are plentiful. I don't have time to be working eight more jobs. I'm working already four of them. I'm literally working four jobs right now. Yeah. I have four jobs. I do play-by-play for Adelphi. I do play-by-play for the Islanders developmental team. I'm here, and I have the bread route. Plus two kids that I have to worry about picking up sure. school, whatever. So you're also picking, but yes, but in but in fairness to that, now right, you're also picking a business that can be incredibly, um, what's the right word? Competitive. It's competitive and it can be very lucrative when you get there. Right. It's also really difficult to get there. Correct. And so three of your four jobs are tough. They're not every day. They're not. $50 an hour, Correct. I wouldn't think. Maybe yep. I'm wrong. I wouldn't think that. Um, my point is, you're choosing this path, which is difficult. I'm telling you right now, you can go work in a warehouse in New Brunswick for what I saw on Indeed the other day for $48 an hour. No, correct. You're right. And now I'm at the point with grappling, is it worth it at this point? So that's where I'm at. Is it worth it? Well, that comes now. I'll come back to the woman. Is it worth it? I mean, yeah, that's basically, that's that's where it's I'm tough. at. tough. Yeah, it's difficult. So that's where I'm at right now. It's also, too, this business is so subjective also um, that it's it depends on who makes the call. Right, exactly. This is not work your way up, and it's automatic. There's nothing automatic in this business. I mean, just look at the clowns on television that make a fortune. Some of them aren't any good. 150%. And they're I making know. seven figures. I know. And I know. it's almost as if the dumber and, and the louder you yell and the stupider things you say, the more money you make. I will say this. I have no regrets, though. I have no regrets of being here or doing the play-by-play. Right, no, no, play. I didn't I've, say you did. No, no. That's not what I'm saying. I, I just, I think, so, like, I have a friend of mine who has been unemployed now for, it's got to be three years, I want to say. By choice? Uh, well, I mean, sort of. Right. I mean, he was, he had a chance to stay with his company. Or he could accept the buyout. And now, ironically enough, this happened just before the pandemic. And as it turned out, the company wound up going out of business during the pandemic. So very lucky in that he accepted the buyout and decided, you know what? I'm going to take six to eight months off. I'm going to enjoy the money because they gave him, I want to say they gave him 18 months severance. 18, not eight. And it was a lump sum payment. It's nice he took that payment. It. Yes. <laughs> took that payment, paid off every bill he had except for his mortgage. And basically was just going to live. Well, eight months turned into a pandemic, turned into, my wife's making enough, turned into, God, I don't really feel like going back into Manhattan every day. Turned into now, he's like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, you know, go to look. There's a million jobs. But does he need the job? It he does. Like he, no, oh, at this okay. point, okay. no, no, no. At this point, he does. The problem he's fighting and battling is, I kind of like not working. <laughs> And I mean, we all do, right? Difficult I mean, yes, to get. Except for you, obviously. Well, I look said, at it, I said you're him, afraid of retirement, as you said earlier. I'm not afraid of retirement because I don't plan to retire. Okay. I, I mean, I, me neither. I'm, I'm. That's what I would say. I'm probably going to be like a starter on the golf course when I get, you yeah. know, that's that's. That's my, all I'm talking about. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Here's what I need. And I, it goes for right now. It was when I was 18, and I think it'll be if I live that long till I'm 88. 
I need something to look forward to that's on the calendar. I can't look at a blank calendar and be like, like, well, what's the purpose at that point? Just to wait to die? I mean, I, honestly, unfortunately, it does seem that way. I mean, it, that's what it, that's what retirement is. I mean, you'd mentioned Harris Allen. It seems like he's waiting to die. He's not really doing much. Same with Minko, going to the going well, to the no, train station. But see, in Minko's case, he's got St. He's still John's, got St. John's, and I think yeah. in Harris's case, I do think Harris is going to jump into something soon. I think he's just kind of taking some time. Pandemic, but he hadn't figured it out yet. That's all. I. Harris is a very young 60, I forget what he is, 64, 60, I forget how old he is. Yeah, I worked with him. But he still looks great. Yeah. He still can move around real well. I think he'll do something. Just right now, he has not figured it out. My point is, I see too many people that wake up every day, and they're looking at a blank calendar until death. That's I mean, that's me. a, I guess that's a nice problem to have, but for me, I wouldn't be able to do that either. Well, I need to do something. Well, right, like but you, then I'll yeah. come back to if it's a nice problem to have, what's the point? Yeah, I'm with you. What are you waking up for? No, I hear you. I guess your family, your grandkids at that I, point. I suppose. Right? If, you're, if you see them You could take them to day. the park. Take them to the park. Okay. You know, whatever. I, I guess. Or take or them to could, a baseball game. Or you could have a business or a job. Right. Right. I as mean, that's going to be capable. me. That's going to be me. It's going to be a few days a week. I'm going to be a starter on the golf course, hopefully in Aruba. Tell, tell, All right, so that's another great Tear del Sol. So I've never played there. My dad plays there. <laughs> okay, I actually know it. It's awesome. <laughs> um, one of my thoughts had always been to retire early and make golf my job. In what capacity? Like the capacity of if you had enough money to do it, obviously, to join a country club. Nothing crazy expensive. Right. But just a, you know, a, a run-of-the-mill, like, nice town country club that's going to cost you a few thousand dollars a year nothing nuts gotcha and then go play monday through friday eight to noon go have some lunch have a drink go home hang out with the wife that's my game plan that's That's what i i said to my wife it's so funny i said to my wife a couple weeks ago i go you know what i all i want to do i want to play golf i want to have lunch have a couple drinks come home take a nap Watch a little TV, that's call it. it a day. That's yes. all I want to do. Watch the ball game at night. That's take it. her out to dinner once in a while. Exactly. That's and then all. The weekends I, and are I, weekends, and I'll be a happy man. Yes. And actually, you said Monday through Friday, you could get easily a club membership for a few grand to just play weekdays. You don't have to be like a full that's member. That's true too. You're you right. could do like a partial member. Usually they're just, Tuesday through Friday because they're closed on Monday. Right. Right. Which is fine as well. And then the weekends are for like you and your wife to travel or do whatever or just have weekends yep. to do things. Yep. That to, and that to me is as good as working. As long as you have something to look forward to. I'm with you. The problem then you run into is what in the hell do you do in December and January and February? And that's where you got to get the hell out of here for a few months. You got to go to one of those indoor facilities and play ah, on, the, play on the screen. Come on. I mean, that's the only thing you can do. That's a waste of time. Unless no, you're, no, you unless, move. Well, I was just going to say, months. Snowbird, you can go yes. down to Florida and, and then you're back at it playing Which golf. sounds lovely to me. Yes. As yeah. long as I'm not working. Florida's too hot, though. I would rather go to like not maybe. In the, not in December, January, no, or February. Right. Yeah. I like South Carolina. But that's tricky in those months. Right. Because you could have, we went to Myrtle Beach once in early March, me and my dad and my brother. And I remember the first morning we woke up, there was snow on, no, I don't mean three inches, but there was, there was literally like a a layer of snow on the ground and we had a 9 a.m. tea time. We didn't start till noon. When'd you go? February? We went the first week of March. Oh, first week of March. And by noon, it was 60 degrees and sunny and we got our round in, but it wasn't like we're going to play at nine, have lunch, play again. It was, wow, we're just going to hang out and wait till they tell us we can play. Beautiful courses down there. Beautiful. Uh, they're Absolutely. awesome. But they're tricky, awesome. those months. Yeah. Because yes. it can be 70 and it can be cold at night. Absolutely. So, all right, well, that's a good game plan, I suppose. <laughs> there you, you like? Do you like being self-employed? <laughs> oh, I love it. Love every bit of it. I, I, I will. I, <laughs> I, and now that I am and now that I was prior, I, I 
the other career I had basically got eaten up by the pandemic, but um, I was also self-employed then as well. I don't, I don't ever want a boss again, unless I'm doing, unless I'm doing something that I really want to do, which is with this, you right, know what I mean? Uh, but I, yeah, I really, no, I don't ever want a boss again. I like to be able to make my own schedule. You know, you mentioned golf. I like to be able to like w- with the bread, I like to feed, you know, fill the shelves. If I want to play golf tomorrow, I would overload the stores today and just walk in, bring all the bread up front. And then I'm done in two hours and on the golf course hitting my first ball. And you're good to go. Good to go. Which I got a new set of clubs, which I'm itching to what use. What kind? I got the TaylorMade Stealth. Same that Bo- uh, Boomer had today. Nice. So, yeah, I got those. And I, I just haven't been able to use them yet because 4th of July, the kids were off of school. They had that weird week where they're off of school and then camp yes. doesn't start. And then, we, like I said, we had the block party. So I had just too much going on. But uh, next week I plan on getting out. I'm actually going to North Carolina next week. And good I'm for playing. you. Yeah. Best golfer at the radio station you've played with? Me. <laughs> oh, is that, no, 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 it can't be you. But no, that you played. With. But I don't really play with anybody from here. I haven't. Nobody. Ne- I've never played except for JJ. Okay, and he's worst terrible. <laughs> so, <laughs> Time out. I've Yo, tried to give him pointers, second. and he just hold doesn't on. listen. Okay, you're telling me Jastrzemski is terrible at golf. Awful. But he plays every day. I've never seen him go sub 105 ever. What is wrong with his game? Everything. Okay. Everything fr- uh, from the For point real. of address. Have you ever played with him? No, he's asked me a couple of times. I haven't been able to because of right. this shift. Get out and play with him. And- well, I, I saw him <laughs> at Fliegelman's wedding. I'm, we, I am planning on a golf day with him okay. in the next month. But now I'm nervous. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to be nervous. He's fun. He's, you know, he's always. Does he move? Yeah, he moves. Okay. He's constantly uh, moving. No, he's no, no, JJ. No. But some guys play very slowly. No, no, oh, no, he moves. That's what I mean. No, he moves. No, he'll move and he, he'll never pick up his ball. He'll drop like five of them. And what b- does until that he gets mean? a new, he'll drop. Basically, if he hits a bad shot, hits a bad shot, hits a bad shot, he'll drop, 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 drop until he hits a good shot. He knows shot. that's not how you play? No, yeah, he knows, but I don't think he really cares. He's JJ. I, I don't think he really cares. I've tried to teach him. I've tried to tell him, like, listen, I'll give you some pointers. Not that I'm a pro, but just listen to me and just even if you hit a bad shot, just keep practicing what I'm telling you. And eventually it'll be muscle memory, which is what golf is. It's muscle of course, memory. Of course. And uh he just goes right back to huh. looking like he did before. I, I mean, legit thought I was gonna be playing with a guy that's shooting in the nineties and No. He his max off the tee, you're looking at one seventy, and he hooks it right all the time because his feet are moving, he's pulling he out. He hits a driver one seventy. One seventy. Yeah. Okay, I'm baffled now. Me and my me and my best friend, we took we play with him all the time. We talk about it all the time. It's like, and we try to tell him what to do, and he just won't. He's taking lessons. He's got connections at Liberty National. He's taking lessons at Liberty National, and he still can't get it right. Does I play? He plays with Paul Rosenberg a lot. Does he yes. stink too? Yes. Oh gosh. So yes, I played with Rosenberg too. Yes, but he's got a lot of potential. Okay. Because he listens. He practice. You know, he's he's his form is way better than JJ's. Good to so, know. They're the only two. And Lou Gower. Lou Gower used to play in high How school. How is he? He's better than the both of them. Okay. Still not, I'd say, low 100s, high 90s. Still not. And he was a high school golfer? He played in high school. But really? then he took, like, a ton of years off and then yeah. just started getting back into it. I know it. how that goes. I haven't played Actually, Monzo's. Monzo's Monzo got, has good. gotten good. Yes. That I do know. Monzo's pretty good. So I've, I've played, played with Monzo about four months ago. Yes. And he was impressive. He's good. I'm playing with him in Disney in September. Perfect. So, yeah, Ricky's hooking us up, actually. Ricardo. Who's Ricky? Ricky Ricardo. He lives oh. down there. You say it like he's like a household name. Well, I mean, he kind of is. If you're up. a Yankee fan, you know who Ricky Ricardo is. He does the is. Spanish broadcast. So? So Everybody how is that knows, a household name? Do you know Ricky Ricardo was the first guy to play th- Thriller on Terrestrial Radio? Great. 
Well, I'm just saying. He, I'm, I only know it because he told us that. Okay. <laughs> well, he told Otherwise, me that. I wouldn't know. Yeah, but I'm just saying. Ricky Ricardo was a household name back in, you know, when he was doing uh, top 40. Okay. And he was a DJ. Uh, whatever. Whatever. Ricky Ricardo, regardless, is. Uh, yeah, if you said Ricky Ricardo, I would have said okay. Okay. Ricky Ricardo is hooking us up when we're down there. Well, then have a good <laughs> there time. There you go. <laughs> well, Monzo's wife is a travel agent at Disney. She can't hook you up? Well, no. Hook us up. He's got a private club that he's going to hook us up with. Oh, we're not members. You. Oh, you're not playing a Disney course we, when you're down there. We are going to play a Disney course, but we're also playing a private club, too. Awesome. So he's going to help us out with that. But yeah. Well, then you guys enjoy yourself. Thanks for sitting in for Al. Anytime, buddy. And uh, we'll do this again like sometime in the next year or two. Okay. Sounds good. All right, Brian Maybe, going maybe. So who knows? You have one, you, well, you don't know. You have one responsibility. When I when I point to you, you're going to do the see a thing. I don't do that. So okay. you can do that. Uh, coming up next, the warm-up show, which I did solo. I will try not to bore you to tears for like 40 minutes or so. If I do, that's your problem. Um, but I will be back tomorrow with the warm-up show and then Flegelman on the podcast tomorrow. So now you do the see a thing, and then we'll loop them together. Go. See ya. Is that all I got to say? Yeah, I mean, it's a little more. You got to do a little more. See ya. Uh, what am I supposed to say here? I never listened to the podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> Clearly. All right. I guess that's See good. ya. I don't know. All right, stop, please. <laughs> see ya. See it's ya. Enough. It's enough. <laughs> you can start the other one now. Good morning, campers. Alan Jerry. Don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. All right, a couple minutes after 5 o'clock, Wednesday, 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 what is up? Brian Rascona, the newly married Mike Flegelman. Good morning to you two fine gentlemen, and across from me is not Al Michael Dukes. He is off. He'll be back next week. He and the Eddie Scazzeri with the week off, but good news on the Boomer and Geo front. Neither is here yet, but they will be. Uh, and things sort of get back to normal at 6 o'clock. So that's kind of cool. That having been said, for the next hour, I'll try not to bore you with sports, sports, sports. But this is pretty much what we're doing because that's where we're at uh, this day at this time. So, you know, I listened to Sal driving in. I watched the Met game last night. I watched uh, parts of the Yankee game as well. And, boy, it has been a long time since we've had a loser day. And today is a loser Wednesday You've got the Yankees with 58 wins on the season, the Mets with 50 wins on the season. So when you look at where we're at, midway point of the year, not many days where both teams have lost, but that's pretty much what happened last night. And we'll get to the Yankees because to me, you know, I said yesterday during the show at Sal, why even bother playing the games? You figure they're going to roll right into Pittsburgh uh, and win. They didn't. We'll get to them in a moment. Not that big a deal. Their lead is still gigantic. So it is what it is. The Mets will though was interesting on a number of different fronts last night. First and foremost, let's go Let's go glass half full. Glass half full is clearly Max Scherzer. Glass half full would be Max Scherzer coming back and Max Scherzer pitching like Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer last night, and I think I've said his name now four times in 30 seconds, that's how good he was last night, gave you six innings, did walk a batter, allows two lousy hits, strikes out 11, and he got DeGrom last night. Now, what does that mean? Well, that means that they get a great pitching performance and the offense is sleepy and does nothing. But that having been said, with Max Scherzer back in the fold, with DeGrom on the way back, you're starting to feel really good about this one-two punch that the Mets are going to be able to throw out there every five, six days um, in terms of their rotation. And we'll put him aside for a second because we got to go glass half empty now for just a moment. This is a game last night in a place where runs are, I don't want to say easy to come by, but my God, we call Cincinnati a bam box for a reason. Well, last night that didn't happen, and it didn't happen on a number of occasions, but the one I'm going to play for you specifically 
is the one that I think. Now, we can get on J.D. Davis all we want, but let's be honest. J.D. Davis has been brutal. Um, we can get on James McCann because he's been brutal. There's a lot of guys you can get on in terms of not doing a great job offensively this year. The one guy I will not get on and haven't, but I will for a moment here, has been Francisco Lindor. I know what the average is. I know he's batting between 245 and 250, something along those lines, and last night it might have come down a little bit lower than that. But I sat here yesterday, I sat here on Friday with Sal, and I would defend Francisco Lindor, and I will continue to because the run production numbers have been there. And, yeah, I know the average is a big deal to some, and OPS and all the the war and all these different metrics that we like to use. I'm old school. Here's what I like. Driving runs, score runs. Because when you score runs, you got a chance to win a game. Last night, the Mets scored exactly zero runs. Last time I checked, you score zero runs in any game, really across any sport, any baseball, softball, don't score any points in basketball, you're not going to win. And that's what happened last night to the Mets, who lost one nothing. I'm going to take you, though. Brian, is my fader up real quick for some audio? So I want to take you to the top of the seventh inning. Now, keep in mind, Scherzer just completed his six innings. If you're watching the game, you can see, you can hear Gary uh, talking. I guess it was Todd Zeal doing the game with him. And they're talking about how Scherzer is kind of pleading with Jeremy Hefner. It seems like he wants to go back in for the seventh. But you know what? He did his job. Six innings, two hits, 11 strikeouts. Enough. How about we actually get some runs for the guy? So after the first two guys do nothing, you've got two out, nobody on. And then all of a sudden, you get the base hit from Nimmo. You get another base hit. You got first and second. You've got two out, and you've got Francisco Lindora. Now, if you take the game back in the early innings, the Mets had opportunities with J.D. Davis. The Mets went 0 for 8 last night. 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position. Zero. Zilch, nothing. Two of those eights were J.D. Davis. Well, in this one particular case that I'm going to play for you, because it's just, it is what it is, but this is also what their last... This was their last opportunity offensively. You've got Lindor, who I think at this point, because I think he went 0 for 4. I think he was 0 for 3 at this point in the game. Might have been 0 for 2. Either way, he didn't have a hit. He's got first and second two out. If there was ever a time that you need Francisco Lindor to come through in a big way, it was this particular case. Scherzer's done. Gave you a gem. The Mets have one opportunity to where he can go take a shower on the winning end of things, and instead you get this. And Lindor pops it up. Should be room for Papirski. Sheds the mask, makes the catch, side retired. Lindor down on his knees in disgust. And the Mets now 0 for 8 with runners in scoring Down position. on his knees in front of Papirski. Who the hell is Papirski? Ay, ay, ay. Now, the Reds have a couple of guys that you've heard of that you know. Mike Moustakis, for one, who's having a brutal season, but he did drive the ball in the uh, into center field in the ninth inning after a horrendous inning by Seth Lugo. We'll get to him in just a moment. The glass half full thing, by the way, was all Max Scherzer. Because everything else is glass half empty with this team from last night. So, Papirski makes the catch. That's that. The Mets do nothing in the eighth and in the ninth inning. And then you get to Lugo in the ninth. Now, Lugo got the save the night before, so okay, fine. You feel he's feeling a little good about himself. Well, he comes in. Here's the problem, number one, with Seth Lugo. Couldn't throw strikes. Now, I know he battled back from 2-0, 3-1, got counts to 3-2. You can't live like that. I mean, hell, I don't know if you were watching the game, but his first pitch was comical. It was kind of like Major League, you know, just, just a bit outside. Well, this thing was just a bit high and inside uh, as it went over the head of Tommy Pham, or at least just inside that line to Pham. Fam drives the ball to right field. 
after Lugo battles back. It's down the line, and you've got Starling Marte, who has a chance. And to be honest with you, I've seen the replay three times now, and it it just looks, and I think Zeal even said it, it just looks like he checks up a little bit because he thinks he's approaching the wall. But my God, the ball's got to be caught. Instead, it falls in, double, leadoff double, and then here we go. You get the intentional walk, which makes sense. Makes sense. You get the intentional walk because the only run that counts is the guy at second, so why not set up the double play? But then you get the brutal walk to the next batter, and then Lugo gives up this the, the, the line driver, the deep fly ball, whatever you want to call it, that Nimmo catches over his shoulder, ball game over, and Reds win, Reds win, Reds win. This is a Reds team that is now with the win, 28-52, and 52, and they held the Mets in check. Now, I... I said Popowski or whatever the hell his name is, the kid who was catching last night for the Reds. I don't even know. I wasn't familiar with their starting pitcher, and I know he wasn't. It was his first start in whatever it was, two and a half months. The same way the Mets were dealing with Max Scherzer was first start in his last 30 days. Well, the same thing went for Cincinnati, but a little bit more. I think they said his first start in 72 days, whatever. Not entirely familiar with him. But I will tell you, good-looking pitcher. Six foot six, lefty. Comes from a weird arm angle. Brandon Nimmo, I don't even think, swung the bat in his first at-bat to start the game. So, fine. The kid doesn't even go five innings. You would think you get to the bullpen, and instead the men offense does absolutely nothing. Now, you're going to panic? No, you're not going to panic. It's not that big a deal at the end of the day. They're still 50 and 31. But what is fascinating to me has been the Atlanta Braves. Now, we can make fun of Sal all we want, and boy, oh boy, Sal is getting just mauled by people in Atlanta on a daily basis. Annoying for him, funny for us, is what it is. And unless the Mets blow this lead, which right now it's a two and a half, I actually think they're going to be okay. But still, it's two and a half, two and a half in June, a long way to go. If the Mets end up blowing this lead, he might shut down his Twitter account, and I kind of understand that. But the the Braves have now gone into saying, you know, it's one thing when you're beating teams like Pittsburgh when you're beating teams like Miami, although not a terrible team. Miami's closer to 500 than you think. If you're beating teams like Baltimore, if you're beating teams like Cincinnati, makes sense you go on a big run. But to go in and now beat St. Louis two games in a row of the of a four-game series, it's impressive. And you look last night, and this is why, and I hate when people say, well, betting baseball is so difficult. You know what? Betting any sport is really difficult. But this is where it's mind-numbing in a way. Yesterday, you're sitting there looking at the Braves playing the Cardinals after winning the night before. So you're thinking, or day before, whatever it was. So you're thinking, all right, you know what? St. Louis is probably going to even up this series. You've got the Mets taking on a, a Reds team that's 25 games under 500. The Mets just won two out of three over Texas. And you're feeling, I would think, okay about it. They won the first game. And you're thinking, all right, well, maybe they can sweep Cincinnati. And instead of getting two in a row over the Reds and continuing to play good baseball, the Mets wind up doing nothing offensively and losing the game. Meantime, the Braves make it two in a row over St. Louis, and here you are looking at a a two-and-a-half game deficit. I legit thought that we were going to come in this morning, that the Met lead would be back to four-and-a-half, and they would probably take care of business. You know what? Maybe not sweep the series, but get three out of four in Cincinnati. Maybe the Braves sweep with the Cardinals, and maybe you would head to the weekend with a five-and-a-half game lead, something along those lines. And instead, here you are. It's two-and-a-half offense that can't get its can't get out of its own way last night. And that brings me to the two guys that I certainly heard Sal talking about driving in a little bit, and that is J.D. Specifically, J.D. Davis. Let's, let's go there first because you can get on McCann 
I'm along the same lines with Sal in that the catching is more important than the offense, but here's the issue with that. You got to give me better than a buck 70. You can be a good defensive catcher all you want, and McCann's okay. He's not a great defensive catcher, but he's good. We'll leave it there. Can you hit me 225? I mean, I've you know, I was at the game Sunday. I took my son Sunday to City Field. He gets mocked when he comes up to 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 bat. They're not it's not even like they're booing him. You've got fans at City Field, specifically in the section I was in, and the sections to the right and to the left of me, so I've got to think it's happening all over the stadium. Where they're applauding him for fouling the ball off and not striking out on three pitches. Like that's how bad it's been for McCann this year offensively. And I know he missed time. I get it. But he's batting 170. And last night he comes up in a couple of spots. Not that you're, I want to say, hoping for a home run. But can you, I don't know, a base hit once in a while? And it's brutal. And J.D. Davis, like, what has happened to J.D. Davis? I know he wasn't the star of those Astros teams. I get that. But he was a solid player and he could hit. He hasn't done Jack Diddley, whatever Jim Morris said back in the day, poo squat crap. That's pretty much what he has given you. And he had two opportunities last night with runners in scoring position and gave you nothing. And I know last night was a bad night for the team top to bottom. There's no question. And I really do believe, I heard Craig say this yesterday at one point when I was driving around, Brandon Nimmo does not get enough credit on this team. When Brandon Nimmo goes, the Mets generally go. And and even like last night in the seventh inning, the Mets put together a little bit of a threat Unfortunately for them, it was with two out and nobody on when Nimmo starts it. But Nimmo gets on and you start to think, all right, maybe. You never know. As he goes, the Mets will go. So he started that night last night. I think he started 0 for 3, got the base hit in the 7th. But it's almost not fair. It's as if if Nimmo doesn't get on base, if Jeff McNeil isn't getting base hits, and if Alonzo's not hitting home runs, there's nothing there. And I know Lindor has homered and he's driven in runs too. So those four guys. But it's as if you're relying on them every single night. Yeah, Dom Smith had a couple of good at-bats over the weekend. Okay. He pinched it last night. Whatever. They need more. And so it comes back to the question and the conversation of, while I do believe it's a really good team, while I do believe their pitching is going to be what will drive them what they hope to be deep into the playoffs, because of specifically the one-two punch. I don't know what Taiwan Walker is going to give you in the second half. I have no idea. What I do know is he's been he's been outstanding so far. He's been really good in the first half of this season. Great? No. Really good? Yes. Carlos Carrasco? A little bit up and down for my liking. But at the end of the day, if he's your number three or four starter, not your one or your two, you're in good shape. So what ultimately will drive this team is going to be the Scherzer-DeGrom-DeGrom-Scherzer one-two punch. The problem is they need to score for these guys. They're going to put up zeros, but if you're matching zero for zero, what good is it? And so it comes back to the whole, what type of deal are you going to make? Because one thing is very clear. They need help offensively. I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know who's going to be available, but it's something that we're really going to have to start to take a look at if you're you know, Billy Epler and you're in that Met hierarchy and in that front office. Because this can't continue. You cannot have... Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom go out there every five days respectively and have to be perfect. It doesn't work. Jacob DeGrom's stats for his career should be so much better than what they are. It's something we've talked about at nauseum, as we know. 
And I expect when he comes back, he's going to be at 100%, and he's going to feel really good physically. Now, it's Jacob deGrom. Does that mean he'll make three starts and have something bother him? Yeah, it's possible. Or you can go back to the way we started this whole thing, glass half full. He's going to come back 100%, and he's going to get you through August and September and October. But you got to give him some help. And the bullpen needs a little bit of help, too. I'm not sold on this bullpen. And I know bullpens all around the league are hit or miss. And one day good, one day bad. I get it. But you know what? I'm not one for making a move for move's sake. You got to do something in the bullpen. You have to. So that's the Mets story. A lot more, I'm sure, with Boomer and Geo coming up at 6 o'clock. We'll take a break. When we come back, a little bit on the Yankees from last night in Pittsburgh. Um, also, at some point, maybe next segment, maybe the one after, I don't know, We're going to discuss Kevin Durant and what is going on there with the Brooklyn Nets and the NBA. There's a a bunch bunch of NBA reporters that have put together scenarios and trade proposals or thoughts and things that could work financially and match up and picks and all that. We'll go over a couple of those. I still say if I'm the Nets, I tell Kevin Durant, hey, listen, guess what? We're not moving you. You're playing for us next year. Probably a pipe dream, but that's... Might be what I do, but who knows? We'll see. So all that. Also, we never take calls during this hour. 877-337-6666. We will take three or four. Al's not here to say no. Um, So we will take a couple of calls on the Mets, Durant, whatever you want. Yankees, too. It's the warm-up show until 6, right here on The Fan. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Even WFAN hosts need a break sometimes. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook. Better odds and favorable prices. One of my all-time favorites right here. And these guys, I believe, are at MetLife Stadium coming up in August. And Citizens Bank Ballpark as well. Want to go see them somewhere, we'll see. Chili Peppers on the fan. Um, real quick, Brian Rascona will call us on one second. And we have a couple up, which is cool. So I'm watching this infomercial. I know a lot of times Giannotti gets locked in on these infomercials. But there's one in particular I'm watching right now that I bought back in the day that we used. And then you kind of, I don't know, you you have enough of it. And I sit there and say, why? You ever see this vacuum sealer with yes. the food? Yes, and it works. It, it does work. Yeah. And yet, I think it's probably been in our pantry closet now for five years. Okay, so why? I don't know. I'll tell you, <laughs> no, I do know why. Because it's not the normal routine. That's why. Right, it isn't. And you're not going to leave it on the counter. It's easier to take a Ziploc freezer bag, I guess. Yeah, but God, I'm watching this infomercial. These infomercials. Do you watch Shark Tank? I did, and then I kind of, it's the same thing with the infomercials and the products. Yeah, I just lost interest after a while. Once they started parading all these people that just had a lot of money that weren't business people, like A-Rod. Like, what does A-Rod know about running businesses? He was a baseball player because he has millions. He does have a lot of businesses, though. I know. Well, now he does. But you have, when you have capital, you have the opportunity to hit and miss on businesses. How about Bethany Frankel? Yeah, her too. Another one. (laughs) I actually watched one the other day where she got so upset 
that the other sharks were trying to take her deal that she thought she had. Isn't that the whole point that, of the show? Yes, but she she was like the only one interested in the specific um, product. I forget what the what the business was. And so she had a deal on the table, and all of a sudden, a couple of others swooped in after they said they were out, and she was pissed. So she upped her offer to make sure she got it. And then a lot of these times when I'm interested in the product, I will then go Google to see how the company's doing. Yeah, she backed out. A lot of them, a lot of them fall, but a lot of them still do well. A lot, a lot of them, them do very well. Yeah, so it's, you know, sure. it's hit or miss. But like I said before, with the capital thing, when people are rich, you can hit or miss on yes. a ton of businesses. As and opposed to someone that's using their hard-earned money and it's one shot or you're in a lot of that's trouble. That's it. You nailed it. You're absolutely right. All right, let's get to a couple of calls, and then we'll do the Yankees. And I want to go over some of these uh, Durant options as well because I'm fascinated by this on a couple of fronts, which we will get to in just a moment. Let's start with Sal and Madawan. What's up, Sal? You're on the warm-up show. Hey, Jerry. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you, sir? Good, good. I'm just finishing up my paper out up by uh, Raritan High School. Nice. Neck of the woods. Very yeah, nice. Yeah, so, um, You know, I, I, t- I totally agree with you. Uh, J.D. Davis, Smith, they're not cutting it. If, if the Mets don't think that they have a partner right now for a trade and, and they don't want to get, you know, hosed on a trade to pay overpay, bring up the kid from the minors. Francisco Alvarez. Yeah, bring him up now. Put him at DH. You know, let him maybe catch one one day a week. You know, just to get him acclimated to see what it is to be like in a, in a race right now. And if he does well, fine. If if he doesn't and it's a little too big for him right now, you know, then he goes back down. But you, you got to shake something up because now it seems like everyone's getting that 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 illness. You know, uh, Pete had horrible back last night. Yep. You know, JD's waving at pitches. And granted, the kid was good. I mean, that kid was, was nasty last night, yep. you know, coming from that side angle a little bit. You know, it was a little scary. But still, they were waving the pitches like he was Sandy Koufax. I mean, you, you can't do that. They need something that's going to infuse the team and give them a little life. And, and, and hopefully they do it sooner than later. Uh, you know what? I couldn't agree with you more, Sal, and I appreciate you checking in. Um, I agree. And Lodolo, I think was his name. I, the Nimmo first at bat of the game to me was I don't know. You're watching, like, swing the bat, but you could tell. the. I really thought the arm slot and the arm angle and his size. And I think even Gary said at one point, you know, kind of reminds you, not that he is this, but his stature and the way he releases the ball reminds you a little bit of Randy Johnson. And if you ever think about, you know, you go back to those John, that John Cruck all-star game, you know, where Johnson's, he's just, he's an intimidating figure or was an intimidating figure. This kid has the chance to be, too, because of his size and the way he throws. Doesn't mean he's ever going to amount to anything, but he does have a chance to. A couple more. Peter and Lawrence. What's up, Peter? Good morning. How are you, sir? Um, just a, I, I enjoyed the uh, Sal and you in the morning. Thank you. That's very nice. Awake. Nice. Um, Wilson Contreras to the Cubs. Is it time to make a deal? And bring a first-rate catcher to the Mets. That is a name that has been cutting the mustard. That name has been out there. I've heard that on a few a few callers have actually mentioned that name. Yeah, I mean the Cubs have had a brutal season, as we know. It's certainly possible. And also, you look at where we are now in the season. You know, it's July sixth now. The deadline's coming up in what three, four weeks now? I guess it is. Yes. Um, You're getting to the point, and I don't know if we're there quite yet. We're getting to the point, though, where deals are going to start being rumored. Um, You're going to have conversations between front offices. And you're also, I think now, we're at the midway point. I really do think now you kind of know what you are. 
And we're, we've talked about this at nauseam as well, whether it's the Yankees in the American League, whether it's the Mets in the National League. Both of these leagues are really top-heavy. The bad teams are terrible, and the good teams are really good. Now, you do have certain divisions like the AL Central where, who knows? I mean, it's still a lot in play. The American League East is over. But you've also got the three teams that I believe will be in the playoffs. I mean, when you look at what Toronto and what Boston's doing – um, and Tampa, it is what it is. So I think you can start to cherry-pick the teams that might have pieces you can go after, and he certainly could be one. And I have heard that name uh, bantied about many times. One more, Mark in West Babylon. What's up, Mark? Good morning. Good morning, Jerry. How you doing? I'm good. How are you, sir? All right. I'm hoping Al is listening to this, Jerry. You got him mad this morning taking these off. I don't care. He's off. He's sleeping. Or he's walking whimsy, one or the other. <laughs> I hope he's listening. But anyway, uh, I'd just like to make a general baseball observation. I- I'm a Yankee fan. And you know what? If you look up and down the better team lineup, uh, you're not going to see the 280 to 320 hitters. I mean, look at LeMayu. Just a couple of years ago, he was a batting champion. I mean, what's he about two seventy right now? Yeah, which is good. Okay, know, but really, it really has turned into like a, a almost like a. I, I'm going to use the term pitching universe. It's really not, but I mean, every team is struggling with the bat. It's just these timely hits. That's what really has got these teams to the top. Well, and, and that was and that's, that was my point about, and has been my point about Lindor all along, is that he has come through in many spots. He is driving in runs. He does score runs. And just from your game last exactly. night with the Pirates, when you look at guys like Reynolds, who had a nice night, as you know, he's batting 250. When you look at the kids, Sawinski, he's batting 220. Yeah. But that's also the reason why they won last night, because those two guys came through. And another one, this Vogelback guy, Al should be here for that because Volga, that's his type of guy. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, but if, but if these guys are hitting around 250, that's considered really good these days almost. It really is. Yeah, I would say, and I do appreciate the call, Mark, I would say when you look at baseball right now, it's about run production. Um, and the batting average just doesn't seem to matter. Guys strike out at will, doesn't matter. Um, the batting average up and down the league is terrible. I'm going to pull up. So if I pull up last night, now I mentioned before, the Reds have some very, I mean, household names, I would say. When you look at, not many of them, but Tyler Naquin, the kid he used to play on the Indians or the Guardians or whatever they are now, he's batting 250. Tommy Pham, we remember him with the Rays, he's batting 250. Brandon Drury's batting 266. That might be that right. So there you go. The Reds' leader last night in the lineup for batting average was Brandon Drury at 266. Remember the kid, uh, India, last year who was so good? I, at least I, if I remember correctly. He's batting 200. He was 0 for 4 last night. It's pretty much. And Mike, that's another one. Mike Moustakis. Now, he drives in the, the, the run to win the game last night with the sack fly. But Mike Moustakis is batting 212. Like, 212. That is brutal. But that is baseball in this day and age. And I'm with you. I don't know if it's so much the pitching as much as it is guys are looking to hit the home run. It is. It really isn't. You don't have a lot of 
you know, guys like Nimmo and McNeil who are looking to slash and just get on and work out a walk. Not many guys walk and sprint to first base, as we know. But you are right. The game has changed in some ways for the better and in some ways for the worse. Because I will tell you, too, I love baseball. But it is boring sometimes. And I know I'm not breaking any news there. There's a lot of people out there that don't watch it because it's boring. But more so now than in the past. And it's weird because the home run ball is what, and you can go back to the 90s and you can discuss the whole steroid thing. That's for another time. But the home run ball is kind of what, you know, re-energizes the sport. But when you get to a point where it's home run or nothing and there's not a whole lot in between, it is boring as hell. I mean, that Met game last night, for instance, how many hits were there? There weren't many. I mean, Scherzer gave up two, and the Mets had a couple of opportunities, but not much. So here, there were 10 hits last night. 10 total. The Reds had four, and the Mets had six. That is it. That is just awful. You know what that means? It means no one's on base, aside from a walk here or there. A lot of one, two, three innings. It's pitcher dominant, and it's boring. Now, watching Scherzer, a lot of fun. So it's kind of hypocritical to say that, but it is boring at times. You know, even Sunday I was out at City Field. There were a lot of innings of just nothing, you know, and you're kind of waiting for something. Get on base, steal a base. But that's baseball right now in 2022. One more quick one on the Yankees. Um, Didn't spend a lot of time on them yet this hour. To me, not a big deal. Last night, they lose to the Pirates, whatever. You know, they are 58-23. and They are having a tremendous season. I expect them to win today now. They'll bounce back because I think they're that good. Last night was one of those games. I don't know. Maybe it was Jamison Tyone pitching in Pittsburgh again. I'm not sure. He gave up. You know, some of the hits he gave up were long balls. Even the the double was off the top of the high wall. Um, He didn't have it, so he's 9-2, whatever. I don't know that you spend a lot of time on it because there's nothing to – it is what it is. It's a random, rare loss that the Yankees have had. But I do mean it. If if Al was here, our, I would think if Al was here, either our first or second segment I think would have been on Daniel Vogelback because that dude's a chunk and good for him. And my, He might be the biggest guy in baseball right now. I would think it's hard to find someone bigger. But he also reminds you of when you go to these travel tournaments – you see these kids that are just bigger than your kids. He reminded me of like one of those kids you go to a, an 11U or a 12U tournament. He looks like he's 15. He was like a man amongst boys out there. But Al's not here, so we don't do a whole lot on it is what it is. We take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to go over some Durant scenarios and trade thoughts. We'll go there. It's Al and Jerry, the warm-up show until 6. Boomer and Gio are back then right here on The Fan. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The fan is on your smart speaker. To listen to the home of New York sports, just say, hey, Google, play WFAN. All 
o'clock, coming up on a quarter to six. Boomer and Geo are back then. It is the warm-up show until six o'clock. You know, just listening to Karen Stewart, and I know a lot of you guys are out there sitting in this traffic. Pre-pandemic, traffic was nuts. Post-pandemic, I'm assuming we're beyond that point. It is fascinating to me to hear a traffic report at 5.40 in the morning or sometimes even earlier and to hear the delays that are out there already. And, I, I mean, getting up at 2.30 in the morning is not, I don't suggest it. I don't care for it, but it is what it is, and that's kind of what the job now calls for. But I will tell you, the idea that there's only traffic one out of 100 rides in is very comforting because I don't know how I would handle getting up at 4.30 in the morning to come to work thinking that I would just sail right in and having to deal with the crap that we hear. I go back to, you know, the I miss in the morning days prior to Boomer and Carton, and I used to do, uh, I would be like a part-time tape op. There was a full-time tape op in the morning. We even had one until recently, until the last couple of years. And your job was to cut sound, mostly new sound, and then some sports sound for the likes of Mike Breen, Warner Wolf, Sid Rosenberg, whoever was doing it, Chris Carlin, whoever was doing that morning sports on the IMIS show. And, you know, part of the program was at 5.20, traffic would kick in, and then 5.30, Charles McCord would come on and he would read some news, and then at 5.45, you get another traffic report. And while from time to time you'd get a little bit of it, it was never like it is now. I feel like every day when we hear Karen Stewart at 540, she's got a major trouble spot somewhere in the area. And I feel for you guys out there. For the ones that are sitting in it right now and have it on a daily basis or a semi-daily basis, and then God help us or you, if then your day is from 6 until 3 and then you're dealing with this crap at 3.30 or 4 o'clock, the amount of time we spend in the car is just insane. I did it for six months back in... Trying to think when it was. I was the board op for the Mike and the Mad Dog show from September of, I think it was September of 2000 until April of 2001. So it was like an eight-month run that I was the board op for Mike and the Mad Dog. And I remember my hours were 10.30 to 6.30 or 11 to 7, I forget. But to be in at 11, now back in the day we were also in Astoria. To be in at 11, I was leaving the house. I, I tried to drive. That didn't work out so well. So I started taking the train. I was taking a 7.45 train to make sure I was there by 11. And I would leave there at 7 at night and get home at 9 p.m. That day was insane. It was a 7 to 9, 7 to 9.30 type of day. And I remember getting home. It was too late to eat dinner. You watch TV for a half hour, laid down, and you repeated the process the next day. God, that was brutal. I was in traffic today. You were in traffic at today at 4 th- o'clock in the morning? It was No, I got here at 4. It was more like 3.30. On the expressway heading west, exits 39 oh, to the 37. BQE? No, That's... exits 39 to 37 on the expressway. LIE or BQE? No, LIE. Long Island Ugh, Expressway. Terrible. So I had to get off the service road. I was stuck behind tractor trailers. Giannotti probably did the same thing. Yeah, it's just coming brutal. from the same direction. So. I, I, you can't st- And the other thing, here's the other thing that bothers me. The Holland Tunnel's closed every night for what was supposed to be a two-year project. I think we're at the two-year mark now. They'll be lucky if they're done in another six years it's looking union at the job. progress. Well, whatever it is, it's just <laughs> it's taking forever. So they direct you to Lincoln Tunnel, which I have no problem with. But you can't shut the Helix down then and reroute us through Hoboken if you've already shut the Holland Tunnel. Not fair. Not right. Anyway, all right, so real quick, because this, this Kevin Durant stuff is driving me nuts, and I have listened to and read really from everybody, whether it's Shams, whether it's uh, uh, Woj, 
whether it's the local reporters from the Post, whoever it might be, the ESPN guys. I even listened to, I was listening to Evan yesterday. I listened to a little bit of NBA radio the last couple of days. And one thing that is starting to, I don't want to say become a reality because I don't know that it's going to happen. But I feel, I do feel like it's gaining momentum. Maybe that's a better way to say it. Is this notion of Durant going back to Golden State. Now, here is what I've seen. Now, the USA Today had all these trade scenarios and, and possibilities. And the first one, and I, they come from different sources. So I don't know if this one came from Hoops Today. I forget exactly where. But again, USA Today has them on their website. So if you want to find out exactly where they're from. But this one's interesting because you're hearing rumblings that Durant is talking to the likes of Clay Thompson and Steph Curry and maybe even Draymond Green, I don't know, and that they're not opposed to the idea of, of bringing him back. And the trade possibility that's out there right now is for Jordan Poole, James Wiseman, Jonathan Kaminga, four first-rounders, and a pick swap. That's a pretty good haul right there. The other ones I'll give you, and again, I have, I have zero interest in trading Kevin Durant. I, 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 this has bothered me from the moment I saw it last Thursday even to now. It's like I, the Kyrie Irving thing, he is what he is. It's fine, whatever. The Durant thing really came out of left field for me, even with what's going on with Irving. Then they have on USA Today, again, from a different source or a different reporter, uh, OG and Anobi, Scotty Barnes, Gary Trent, three first-round picks, two swaps. Now, the problem with that one is, by all indications, Toronto is not parting ways with Scotty Barnes. But in fairness, you're getting Kevin Durant. Like, what do you want? So if you're not giving up Scotty Barnes, hey, Sean Marks, you're not doing that deal, clearly. Then you've got the whole, now keep in mind, Durant's preferred destinations, which to me, I wouldn't care if I was Sean Marks. I'm sending him wherever I get the best return. Phoenix and Miami were the two preferred destinations. So here's what you see from what people are reporting as possibilities, I would suppose. Phoenix, DeAndre Ayton on a sign-and-trade. I guess this would probably include another team. I don't know. Uh, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, four first-round picks, and two swaps. Interesting. I mean, that's that's intriguing. The one from Miami would be Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. Was it Max Struess or Struss? Uh, whoever that is. Uh, Max Struess. You got Gabe Vincent, who I like. Four first-round picks and a pick swap. And then this one... I never even thought of, but I saw this this one on the um, in the report as well, or in the story, not the report, not a report, but the story of suggestions or possibilities. This one's interesting. Pairing up Durant with Ja Morant, in return getting Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson, Brandon Clark, four first-round picks, and two pick swaps. So I don't like the – I really don't. I don't love the idea. I don't like the idea of trading Kevin Durant. I To me, you've got four years. You don't have – You've got no opt-out. You've got you can't block anything. You've got there no no trade clauses. If I'm the Nets, I would tell them, listen, we got four years. You ain't going anywhere. But if they're not going to do that, there are at least a couple of intriguing ideas. I don't know how much these other teams would be interested in giving up all of this for him. But at the end of the day, if you want Kevin Durant, who is going to make you a championship contender immediately, you're going to have to give up a lot to get him. And the other thing about this, too, it's July 6th. We've got three months before the season starts. I don't necessarily know anything happens in the next two and a half months. 
Like, this could be something that drags on and on and on. And even the Kyrie situation, would you be in a rush to give him what he wants? I wouldn't. Matter of fact, I don't even think I'd field, field calls for him right now. I'd let him sit there and dangle. All you hear are these reports, he wants L.A., he wants L.A. Well, good for him. You know what? I'd like a raise. Doesn't mean I'm getting one. And what's he going to do? Sit out? I guess he could. And he can forfeit the money we saw last year while he sat out. That, to me, was different than what this would be. And I guess Durant could sit out, too. But if these guys are going to forfeit $40 million or $36 million, I don't know that that's a terrible idea either. To send to send Kyrie Irving to L.A. because that's where he wants to go, what do you owe Kyrie Irving at this point? Nothing. He owes you. And the Durant thing, like, I get trying to work with his partners and his reps because at the end of the day, you still paid him a full year to rehab and not play. And I know we have fun a lot with that on the show. I get it. But that is the reality of the situation. Like, you made 30-something million dollars just to rehab. And now to turn around and say, you want out? Well, it's going to be on my terms, not yours. And you're going to have to deal with that. So a lot coming up with Boomer and Geo for sure. The guys are back. Cool. By the way, they did sign TJ Warren, who has a good upside coming off an injury. But I do remember, I didn't remember, but from reading the, all the stories, you kind of think back and remember he was pretty good in the bubble and kind of had a breakout few weeks there. So maybe they got lightning in a bottle with him. I don't know. They signed him yesterday to a one-year deal. But it's going to be it's going to be annoying and interesting all at the same time. Annoying because you want it done and it might take a while. And interesting because all these trade scenarios and possibilities that are going to be out there and you really do get the feel from everything you read and hear. The Nets want to win and rebuild at the same time. And I'm not saying win a championship, but they want to be relevant. They don't want to go back to being a 30-win team. You want to be able to have a chance to be in the postseason, win some games, and rebuild at the same time. Hard to do, but uh, we'll see if they can come away and get that done. All right, Boomer and Geo coming up in just a couple of moments. We'll wrap it up uh, soon, and then those guys at 6 here on The Fan. Don't go away. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. Right, about a minute or so before we get to Boomer and Geo. The guys are back. A nice five-day weekend for them. Um, just quickly, we will do the podcast later with either Brian Rascona or Flegelman. I'm not sure who. Depends on who I pick or who decides to do it today because we got different topics for the both of them. That said, Mets did lose last night in Max Scherzer's return. The good news is Scherzer returned and he looked like himself. The bad news is... The mid offense was putrid. Uh, the Yankees lost in Pittsburgh. Whatever. Nobody cares. And the Kevin Durant thing to me is fascinating as we kind of go on and on and on. Real quick, I've got G here for 40 seconds before he starts the show. Are you refreshed and ready to rock after a five-day weekend? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's a lot of body abuse that goes on during I, this five-day weekend. There's a lot of drinking and eating, but a lot of sleep, too. I mean, that's the big thing. I know. Just changes everything. I didn't get sleep this weekend. I popped right out of bed with the alarm. This morning. You were ready to go. I was ready to go. I mean, it just it felt right. We had friends over on Monday, 
And me, my friend, Kim's friend Dana, and Chrissy, we polished off a liter of tequila. <laughs> <laughs> Making margaritas all day. That's right. W- America's birthday. WFAN-FM and HD1, New York. An Odyssey station.